Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham, set no Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Akhtang Mill. This is an emergency insert. Um, big thank you to Neil Fisler for joining me at very short notice. Good morning. Good afternoon to you, Neil. Actually, it's gone 12 o'clock. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Not too bad. There'll be no silly predictions in this uh... <laughs> Stay tuned for silly predictions, listeners. Um, we were actually recorded a fairly long conversation the other day in the aftermath of fixture announcement day, listeners. Um, but as is the way of Millwall, I actually intended to do the edit of that sh- uh, recording over the weekend, which um, I was about to do, um, you know, today. Um, but since then, we've had two stories, Neil, as is the way of Millwall. You get you get nothing for ages and you get two fairly substantial stories that pop up whilst I was driving down the M4 to go one holiday, a week's holiday, listeners. So the main story, and the reason I really wanted to speak to Neil today to get his take on it is the seemingly fairly substantial bid now, Neil, that Burnley, newly promoted Burnley, as they're described in the Athletic, have been have made for our star player of last season, Zian Fleming. Um, fairly substantial bid made. I mean, you can take your pick from numbers online. I don't propose to. We don't have any inside track on how much has been bid for Zian Fleming. But with Premier League money in their pockets, then um, I would expect it to be substantial. Let's say no more than that. Um, but Neil, you, you, you've been saying this story's been kicking around for a few weeks, mate. I've only just picked up on it yesterday. So um, it's, it's one that's been around for a while, I understand. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, apparently, the fee's £12 million, which, yeah, which to my mind is nowhere near enough. Uh, there are people saying, oh, yeah, no, we've got to take £12 million. No, we have not got to take £12 million for him. Uh, hmm. We have to adopt now an attitude of how many players have we now seen that Millwall have gone after but have been out of their price range? I'm talking about this Blackburn lad who I think we'll talk about in the next. Lewis, yeah. Travis, yeah, once, once that story hardens up a bit, yeah. Briefly yeah. touch upon uh, Lyndon Dyke. Still won't go away, mm. Willie. Uh, we're seeing now is we're seeing that Millwall uh, Callum Styles to a certain extent as well. Apparently, we can't afford his. Uh, yeah. Apparently, we can't afford his buyout, or and 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 Gary Rowett hasn't seen enough from him. Apparently, when he was on loan to pay that buyout, so it looks like he might go to Watford. Uh, I think that we've got to stop selling our players on the cheap. And I think £12 million Museum Fleming is selling him on the cheap. Apparently, uh, yeah, yeah, I've only got this from when I appeared on a live stream with another podcast. Mm. Uh, there is a large sell-on f- to Fortuna Stuttered. Okay. So- that could be from anything, I guess, between 10 and 20%. Could even be as high as 25%. You never know how much these uh, sell-ons go. So that automatically, even if you take it the worst-case scenario, uh, 10 15%, you're still 
that's still knocking you down to about 10 million, isn't yes, it? eats into our money doesn't it yeah i mean if we're going to sell uh Zian, and i i don't personally um reject the idea we i think you and me have spoken a few times about the kinds of clubs that have succeeded in modern football in recent times probably the most obvious example is brentford and, and bournemouth i know their backstories are both different neil but both have made it there by taking talent and selling it on more expensively than they bought it for that's got to be our route I'd say. We can speak about it in the next section, don't we? Which we won't, yeah. Yeah. won't go on to too much. But it's also something that I've said for quite a long time. The problem with Millwall is that we have these, yeah, we have this talent, Zian Fleming. Yeah. And we have a habit of selling him on the cheap after holding on to him for too long. Yes, I agree. <clears throat> That's the kind yeah. of that we've got to get out of. If he goes, fair play to him. He's done a season with us. But yeah. we need to set our asking price. Yeah? And, okay, yeah, we might... Uh, yeah, there might be a little bit of negotiation. But I think £12 million is far too, is far too little. For my mind, uh, Bristol City are flogging us... Uh, um, midfielder, I believe right. Alex Scott for about 20 25 million. So, why are we asking 12 million? Fuck Burnley if they can't afford what we want, he stays with us. Quite simple, yeah. Until we get Absolutely. Our, and I would say the price ought to be probably in the region of 15 to 20 at least. And I'm just looking at the um, there's the the Twitter report here. So the Athletic, it's fairly substantial source, listeners. So this seems to be a real thing, shall we say? Mill have rejected an offer from Burnley. Um, I imagine every you know, in the, there's no secret to the process. They come in as cheap as they can, and we hopefully, as Neil has just alluded to, we're, we're standing on a, a realistically high price because I do believe that Zian is certainly the most. Um, is the biggest star that we've had at the den for a long time. I'm try- maybe going back as far as Tim Cahill in terms of talent and potential to go to a much higher level. Clearly, uh, Vincent Company, his manager at, at Burnley, clearly sees something in Zian to uh, to work with. Um, but yeah, you're right, Neil. Our price has got to got to you know reflect that. We we we've I think Cahill is a good example of, of exactly the kind of mentality small-time mentality, Neil, of selling our best players for too cheap a price when maybe we have to or, you know, hopefully the club is is on that because if we're rejecting a bid, then um, we must have a, 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 a higher figure in mind as to what we will receive for him. Um, Zian has made an impact. He certainly caught the imagination of the Den crowd. I mean, it will be hard to lose him um, because we do invest so much in these talisman-style figures at, at the Den and second-highest goal scorer last season. 15 goals, but interestingly, I, I thought, obviously Tom Bradshaw led the scoring um, tree with 17. Um, four assists for, for Bradshaw, but only three assists for Fleming for a midfielder. It's it's a good goal-scoring record, but it's not terribly high um, creative, if that's the right term, for others, is it? I mean, I think we need more in that direction. I think we need to spread the goals out a little bit. We still need goal scorers, but we need someone to make them as well as score them, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, personally, I thought he blew hot and cold myself. Oh. Yeah, there were yeah, games. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess it's the same as every player. But sometimes you, you every yeah, everybody would put everything upon him, and you think, hold on a minute, he's played decidedly average today. But but I don't think it would harm us to actually get rid of him. Let's set a price. Let's aim for the stars and see where it goes. Let's get out of this mill, this small wall mentality. Yeah. Uh, selling players on the cheap. If Burnley want him, Burnley have just got under an eighty million quid. Let's yeah, let Burnley stump up real money for him. And and, and to my mind, twelve million pound isn't enough. If you're being serious and you want him, come back in with a proper bid, and you can have him. Yeah, we've only had him for a year. It won't really matter. Yeah, but if he goes anywhere, no, certainly the the end of the season was was you know the the, the tail off in form, and then obviously the the failure because that's what it was against Blackburn when when we had um, a huge opportunity which we then 
managed to uh, fall flat on her face with. But I, mean, I, I thought that was quite illustrative, really, because all of the I, th- I thought the team generally had reached the limit of its that particular um, composition of side had reached the limit of what it's able to do. Now it done very very well to get into that position. Um, but they managed to make a, a balls up of the of the execution, the the, the big time moments, as, as they say in sport. And Zian was part of that. You know, he you're right. He did he, he, when he when he was good, he was very good, and when he was bad, he was horrid. And you know, you can't. We need an all round performer. And I think if we can get serious money for him, and if it, you know, I don't know if there's any player inclusion deals going on. You can read every angle that you 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 can conceive of online. There's Burnley fans saying. Um, if we've offered twenty million for him, then that's way too much. And Millwall fans say oh, he's got to go for eight million because that's all we can get. You know, you got all the whole gamut of um, of um, uninformed opinion online. But I'm I'm trusting this Millwall regime to extract the best price that we can possibly get for him. And if we do go for the deal, that um, it's going to be properly used because I think that's one thing I, I will say about the current setup that we are we do seem a little bit more business minded than we than we used to be. Um, that's a developing story, but I just wanted to get it included before we uh, take you over to the main uh, uh, bulk of the conversation that Neil and, and Harry and I had on, on Thursday. Um, one other thing I just wanted to mention, there another story that pops up, as is the way of life. Once you've done your recording, everything happens, doesn't it? Um, this this story from Wigan, um, which I must admit I, I, I missed. I, I was up there. I was actually at that game, but um, we've been charged by the FA with uh, three counts of crowd abuse relating to religion. Now, that's clearly focused against James McLean, the uh, controversial, unless that's a good polite term for him, the controversial Wigan player. Um, now, I, I suppose, I, I don't know if this is a story in this, because I, I didn't take any notice of it. I mean, there's the usual... Back and forth. I, I remember seeing McLean show his bum to the crowd at, at one corner, you know, because of the uh, stuff that's being thrown at him. Um, this, the chants, I think, relate to the the IRA and the Pope and James McLean, who, in, in a kind of like a an unholy uh, threesome, if you want. Um, now, in the in 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 the time, in, as, having been at the game now, and I was there, um, yeah, I could hear stuff. I'm not, I can't. I may have even been picked up on the show that I did. I didn't take any notice of it. Now I don't know if that says more about me than about the modern attitude towards it. But whether we like it or not, the FA are going to use this, I think, to come down hard on us. We've been charged under Rule E21, which allows for financial penalties and or stadium partial stadium or complete ground closures. So um, I think we're up a bit of a gum tree with this. I think we're going to be used as a, a very very handy. Um, example to others. How do you see it? I think they're going to come down pretty hard on us. I think they've probably been looking for an excuse to come down upon us yeah. uh, for quite a long time. Look, well, let's be honest about it. James McLean is a waste of time. He's a waste of time, effort, and everything else. He set himself up uh, to be this anti British figure. Which, yeah, we have to respect his views. I don't like his views, but but his but his views are his views. I've got my views on certain things. You've got your views on certain. Mm. Things. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think when you're a public figure like that, uh, your views should be toned down slightly uh because there's always it's always going to get this reaction and sod's law it would have to be millwall that have been charged for this well, I think, reaction i think uh, we're handy Neil. i think we're handy i think the fa are, are creaming their pants you know it's a, it's, it's it's the it's the offence of the times you know there was there was a storyline i saw of the i think it was the republic of ireland under 21 so i walked off versus one of the Middle Eastern sides. It might not have been Dubai, but it or Qatar. It was one of those sides. Wasn't it? It was just after our lad scored his first international goal. That's that's right. Now, um I, I think it's I think it's it's been an issue that's bubbled around in the game for a long while. And it comes down to I think whether you're from a certain era of football where things got said and, and you either shrugged it off or you or you didn't. The increasing modern trend is that people don't shrug this stuff off. Um, whether that's right or wrong is another matter. But you, 
I've been following a lot of the online reaction to the charges and a lot of people, Millwall fans I'm talking about here, listeners, are saying stuff like, fuck James McLean, fuck the FA, fuck this, fuck that, we're Millwall, we do what we like. Which is fine, but there are consequences, whether we like it or not, and whether you agree with the rules or the uh, the framework within which we, we have to operate as a business, which is set by the FA and the Football League. Um, you can that is, that is no... There's no defence in saying, well, he, he showed his bum to us, he's got an IRA tattoo, he's got this, he's got that. Because unfortunately, in the eyes of the law, two wrongs don't make a right. And you either, if you've, if you've crossed the line, which, you know, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to prejudge the outcome of the of the committee ruling, but I'm fairly certain they'll, they'll have our guts for garters. If you cross that line, then you don't, it's not a defence to say, well, he did it too. It, don't, it doesn't, life doesn't work like that. So, I just think we've handed ammunition to those that want to shoot us, Neil. Personally, that's my take on it. Um, well, it might be yeah. very popular. That's that's my view. I wouldn't actually disagree with that. And I think that, yeah, I look forward to uh, Tottenham being charged every week next season when they sing yids like they do. And everybody that sings that to them... I. In in many respects, it opens a whole can of worms because really, it's just hurty words at the end of the day, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah it's we... hurty words. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I, I think the problem is, on your well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I I don't hold any brief for the Pope at all, far from it. But you know, um, yeah, you know, so at least what? Some people, oh, so what? So... But, but the problem, the problem is because one chap replied back on on on. on I, I just had a quick look at the um, the FA rule E twenty one listeners just to see what does that mean, and it means um, for a championship level it can mean a fine between set between five thousand to seventy five thousand for a second offenders. Now I don't know, and I've not got any insight. I, I reckon we might well be second offenders, but if not, then it's if we first. <laughs> If we're first offenders, we've done very, very well. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, at first offence, it's between five and 75 grand as a fine. They can set what they like within those parameters. If it's a second offence, you've still got the same level of fine, seven, uh, five to 75, plus um, either a partial or complete ground closure as the committee deems fit. Um, so they could close certain sections of the ground down or they could close it down completely, as has been done on a few occasions in the past. Now, a lot of people said to me, well, fuck the FA. And, uh, well, yeah, but that means the club can't say fuck the FA because they've got to work within their their rule book and their framework. And this, this is the problem. A lot of people say stuff like, um, well, what about England when um, certain fans sing moronic songs at England matches, or, you know, 10 German bombers or whatever shit they come up with. Um, well, that's because the FA sit in judgment on their own their own affairs. Now, it might not be right. It's the reality of what we're working with. You know? No one said life is fair, did they? Yeah, well, then you have to deal with it if it's at an international level. You don't solve it by saying, well, what about? Because unfortunately... If it's deemed to be an offence, and I reckon they will deem it to be an offence, and I reckon they will look to come down hard because of Millwall's name and reputation, and it's our club that pays the penalty for for somebody's toing and throwing with a player that clearly gives as good as he gets. You know, I, I don't buy this. Um, uh, James McLean is some kind of sensitive vicar from the, the Shires who has never heard a swear word in his life. He, he clearly gives it back, and he gets it, and. That's there's an that that is now deemed to be unacceptable. Whether you like that or not is a political question that is separate to football, um, and we ain't going to solve it on uh, Millwall. That's for sure. Um, but there we are. We'll see how that pans out, Neil. But I I, I do think it's going to cost us um, how much. We'll, we'll see. Um, I th- I personally think yeah, it's just an away game. I think it would be harsh to close our ground. So you can see some kind of restriction being put on us for tickets or something at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. Possible. Yeah. Um, It's an unfolding story that appeared yesterday whilst I was driving down the M4, listeners. So I wanted to um, get it included on this on this show. Big thank you to Neil for joining me at such short notice. I did promise in 10 minutes. I noticed we've gone double that now, so we're into 20 minutes for our, for our insert. 
Um, thank you, Neil. Um, we're going to take you now over to the conversation that Neil and I had with, with Harry Warren, always entertaining. Um, and they'll be back after the, the break. So uh, thank you, Neil. And uh, thank you, listeners. Back very, very shortly. Achtung. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to uh, a fixtured release day special and possibly the most overhyped day of the year. Um, big build up. But joining me to chew over the cud of fixture release day Show regular, Mr. Neil Fissler. How are you doing, Neil? Not too bad, young Nicholas. Not too bad. A lot better than I think when the last time all three of us got together, whenever it was, uh, after that uh, disastrous performance against Blackburn Rovers. Yeah, it was a depressing, depressing day, wasn't it? And um, as Neil's alluded to, we're also joined by, from Chernobyl power plant deep in the Ukraine, it's Mr. Harry Warren. How are you doing, H? Yeah, a lot better. It took me a long time to get over that day. Um, so, so much so that I had to go fuck off to the Caribbean for 10 days to calm down. It was just about calming down. And then in country from East London decided to win a European tin pot trophy just to fuck me off further. So now, so now I sit here, I was relaxed. And all that's happened to me is I've become more embittered towards our bunch of 11 fucking bastards who choked at the biggest moment of their careers. But, you know, hype strings eternal. Yeah, well, how depressing was it that night when they won that European Cup? I sat here and I, I was just in, like, bewilderment. You, you have a look on social media and all, yeah, well, all of a sudden it's got European champions and you think you're not fucking European champions. You've won the Johnson Paint Trophy of Europe. The well, I, think I, was, I, was, I was going to call it the Caribou Cup, but I think the Johnson Paint is a better description, Neil. It's, it's, um, it's certainly the third of, the, of the, uh, the, the least of the European trophies, but, um, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's so irrelevant, only they would celebrate it as if they'd won the World Cup. <laughs> Don't fucking bring that trophy out. They'll tell you they won it in 66 if they, anyone will fucking listen. The, the best thing was my Wi-Fi on the hotel found and I wasn't going to pay for fucking exorbitant rates that free mobile were going to charge me for my data while, I was, or while yeah. I was in the Caribbean. So fucking, I didn't find out till two days later, which was kind of kind of nice without being funny. So I sort of, I avoided all sort of string factor online and, and, and so on and so forth as I drank another fucking pint or another cocktail in the Caribbean. It was a tequila, tequila sunrise yeah, or something. Yeah, it took the edge off it, let's put it that way. And then I come back and, well, I got Wi-Fi back and we'd sign Nesbit and I was like, oh, fucking hell. You know, there's, there's <laughs> levels, isn't there? There's levels to be excited of. Let's come back. Let's come back to Nisbet. Um, it's been uh, obviously it's the midsummer's uh, day after midsummer's night, actually, listeners, as we record this. Um, I suppose it's arguably. I think pre-season training starts this week. I think you said Neil and um, fixture release day always brings the prospect of the new campaign 
into focus. Middlesbrough away on opening day, Saturday the 5th, followed by a first home game of the season, uh, Bristol City. And I think we have a, a Caribou Cup fixture to throw into the middle of that, Neil. Uh, Reading at home, which will be uh, uh, West Upper Stand only <laughs> event, won't it? Uh, you know, two stewards <laughs> and about 2,000 people there. And Lurch, um, yeah. And, and Lurch. Like um, I mean, the opening fi- only fixtures, Middlesbrough away, Bristol at home, Norwich away in Stoke City at home. Um, it's a difficult one to assess this year. I mean, I, 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 we we did, arguably we did very well last year. Historically, we did very well last year, even though it got, you know, left our grip at the last moment. Um, I, I, I don't know if we can expect the same this season. I'm trying to manage some listeners' expectations out there, Harry. I mean, I, I, I'll be surprised if we can be as... In with such a good chance next season as we were last season, mate. How do you see it? Uh, I think we are more likely to get relegated than promoted. Uh, I'm honest. Relegated? Uh, I, I, I generally do because. You know, seriously? Yeah, seriously. I think really? we are really, 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 really going to struggle. Um, there's a couple of reasons for that. I think that I look at every area of our squad and we are weaker um, as we sit here now, bearing in mind we've got a long time of transfer window to go. But we've let, yeah. we've got Murray Wallace, who wasn't a great left back last season, still at the club. We've let Scott Malone go, who was no good. But again, if Murray Wallace gets injured three seconds into the first pre-season friendly, we've got no left back. Um, Hutchinson seemingly spent a lot of last season injured, and we haven't replaced him as the centre back. Um, the goalkeeping situation we all know about. Uh, the only place we've really improved is is in a striker. But we don't play two strikers, so we're going to pick one or the other unless we're going to change the way we play. Um, the, the the boys who were on loan have all gone back. We still haven't sorted styles out. Just to, uh, uh, I'm only going by what we are now. That that prediction of we may struggle and we may be in a relegation fight may be completely off, off out of sound stupid, depending on the business we do. But as we sit here now, I am worried about the... Stri- I've, I've looked at those fixtures and I've gone, fucking hell, April's hard. Fucking hell, December's old. You, you know, and you, you sit there and you look, and there are clubs, again, punching with bigger budgets than us. And again, we have one of the teams that has a lower budget than us. They have decided to get to the promised land. And we, 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 we seemingly are doing our traditional, we've had a good season last season, so we're standstill, which we did in se- after 17-18. And we started against Middlesbrough that campaign, I think, or Swansea at home. I can't remember. But, um, mm. We started early against Swansea at home, I think up and end up losing 3-2 and that was the, the story of the season which ultimately we just about stayed up with um, with a result I think against Wigan away or something like that but we we we, we swing from from sort of nearly euphoric seasons to sort of relegation dogfight seasons quite simply the very yin and yang of the bipolarness of the club is that we will go through through periods of that and we haven't had one of those under Gary Rowett, and we probably a due one without taking the piss because, again, we punch above our weight a lot of the time, and eventually you can't keep punching. It, it's not, it's not. I don't want that to happen. Don't, don't get me wrong, but just the real, the realism and disappointment may may be clear, clouding my view somewhat. Neil, in, in fairness to Gary Rowett, and I'm, I suppose I'm being counsel for the defence to some extent here. I mean, he he, he has a record of signing. Low, fairly decent loan players. I mean, okay, we, we, we can pick over the um, you know the, the kind of uh, failings of the late part of last season. But you know, for us to be in with a shout last year was was probably an overachievement in in some ways. Where it all went wrong at the end. Um, I, I don't think we'll struggle personally. I, I just think we may be in in the bracket for more of a middling season than perhaps. We might have expected. I don't know. How do you see next next campaign? Next campaign, twenty two, twenty three. I'm not even going to comment on it, to be quite honest, because I think that it's far too early in pre season. Yeah. yeah, we're in the middle of June. Yeah, the transfer window's only just opened. Yes, you would like us to get our business done early, uh, but I think they're showing a willingness. Nisbet, I think, could have been a difference between us staying in this division or getting promoted. I think I've said it a number of times that uh, we lacked a striker in January. The one thing we needed in January, we didn't sign. 
and it came back to uh, to bite us in the bum, didn't it? The goals, yeah, it did. the goals it from did. Fleming dried up. Bradshaw yeah. got them in clusters, really. I think didn't he? He, he yeah, would get two, two or three year. Uh, another one then wouldn't score for a couple of games. There was nobody that you could bring on when Bradshaw was absolutely knackered who was going to get us a goal and or even yeah, or even keep Bradshaw in reserve because he must have been running on zero for the last on fumes for the last three or four weeks of the season and and it would have allowed a little bit of rotation. Uh I'm yeah, when you look at the squad, yes, Harry's right. We probably are weaker because we've released yeah, whoever. Yeah, we've released Bennett, I think, although I hope to God we don't get him back. I don't see the I don't see the mileage in getting him back. Uh, I wouldn't have given Leonard another contract. I think he's too injury prone. Like Bennett. Uh Scott Malone could be one. Harry's right about that. We haven't got a left-sided player, uh, certainly not one that's better than Murray Wallace at the moment. Who at the moment, I think that's the crucial word. Yeah, I, 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 I think saying that you can see us getting relegated in June is something pretty silly to say, and not even I'd go around saying that, and I'm. Yeah, I'm prone to saying silly things. You, you, you could be quite silly. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. So, well, let's just see where the yeah, well, let's just see where the recruitment gets us. This kind of yeah, well, I'll be honest. I fell out of love with the club at the end of last season. Uh, right. That's part of the reason why we've not done any history podcast. That and I've just finished writing an England rugby book, uh, but I. I honestly fell out of love with the club at the end of last season. You could tell in January what was going to happen at the end of the season. Yes, we were up there. We overachieved. Yet we had people acting like 13-year-old schoolgirls having their first period. <laughs> honestly, it was... What a metaphor. What an image. It, it, <laughs> yeah. You know, sorry. You know, it's right, though. There was just... If, yeah, but if you know anything about the history of Millwall... Yeah, this was coming. It was coming a mile off. You could see it a mile off. We needed a striker in January, so we signed two wingers. Yeah, it just didn't. Uh, it, I mean, I think that the way I looked at the, last season, instead of looking on it, of we did superb to be where we were for as long as we were. Well, it's, yeah, it's that. Yeah, um, I mean, if you look at if you look at if you look at the club's record. Well, going back to eighteen eighty-five, if you want, but you know, certainly in the modern times, I mean, we, you know, we, we are not a powerful, big club. We don't, we don't uh, have access to the resources that others do. No, well, and yes, who fucked that up? Yeah, when Hitler decided to invade Poland, when we were, you yeah, know, it didn't help. It didn't yeah, help. Well, That's right. You laugh, but we were stopped. No, yeah, well, we'd set ourselves up. Yeah, we had the tenth biggest crowds in the. Yeah, in the country, tenth or eleventh biggest crowds in the country. Then within five years, we haven't ever recovered from that really, apart no, no, from founded through the fifties, didn't season. we? Yeah, apart from one three south and fourth division. So you know, yeah, apart it, from it, one season where we got promoted into the pre, uh, into the old first division and stayed there for two years. Well, my my take on last season is this, and I don't know if listeners will agree with me, or, or I think it depends on your your age group and where you where you stand in the uh, in in the in the range. In that sense, I, I'm not greatly bothered about being in the Premier League beyond the financial security that it would buy us. I mean, I, the idea of um, playing blasphemy. He speaks blasphemy, ladies and gentlemen. That's blasphemy. It doesn't bother me, H. I mean, you know, I, I don't because you've I, been there. Well. What I want... If you're my age, if you're my age, it matters. It's the fucking biggest thing. Fuck the FA Cup. I didn't care. Right in, in the thing. It's a very split. Of, if you were alive for the first division and able to go and have conscious memory of it, it doesn't matter as much as it matters for my generation because we haven't been there and we've been close in the times that you've been close since. So it matters more. It takes on a mythical kind of Liverpool-esque 
we've never won the Premier League. It, it buys fight, you financial security, deep. Harry. It gets you it gets you into a zone where you're if you're managed right, and I think we are managed right in that sense. Uh, Millwall will continue and will not be forever lurching. If you look at the history of the club, we're lurching in debt for the whole of our modern modern time. So you know it kind of relieves the curse of, of carrying the, the the great weight of debt that that um, that we've always had. But I mean, fundamentally, I mean, do, do, am I bothered about um, watching Pep play out? Not really. I mean, be nice, I suppose, but I'm not that fussed about it. I just really want to go every other week to watch the Lions, enjoy my Saturday afternoon as best you can watching Millwall, and to have that continuation. It's it's about um, it's about a storyline that stretches backwards and goes forwards, and that's what I really want. That was the only reason why. What I would rather we did was. Oh yeah, well, I would rather that we were geared up on an off to actually, yeah, to actually win promotion. Yeah, I'd absolutely adore us to be up in the Premier League. Yeah, but to see us play Manchester City, Manchester United, mm. Vermin, Tottenham, and just for everybody to have that experience. But the club was not ready for it. Arguably. Luton aren't ready for it because they're having to rebuild a stand. But our mm-hmm. infrastructure is not ready for it. We are not. No. Yeah, well, you look at it. You can't even buy a fucking shirt in the club shop. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, but it's all to do with the club's infrastructure. Nick went to the fixture launch this morning. And I didn't guess. even put the fixtures on the screen correctly. Just to explain to explain to listeners, a really nice is a really it was a Millwall combination event. I described this to Neil. I've des- I described it to Harry. Um, nice coffee morning. I think sponsors were there. Um, some of the chaps I think from Masons. I, some of the others I, I don't know who they were, but um, sponsored sponsor level guests, and I got invited along. Very nice. Nice cup of coffee. Lovely pastries. Beautiful bacon sub. Really nice. But the big reveal comes at nine a.m. when the um, <laughs> when the fixtures are put onto the the presentation screen, it's on the laptop. Are you transferring it to the laptop? And we couldn't get that right. Couldn't get it up there. So we're all looking at our phones instead. And I thought this is a very Millwall moment because we're both. It's both warm, lovely, and a bit useless <laughs> all in one big. Moment. You, you want the club to be ready to get up there, yeah? And we were not ready to get up there. Just no one had tested it. No one had got it lined up, ready to press the button so it's on screen when 9am, the embargo you drops know, that sums up Millwall, um, yeah? That sums up our club, yeah? That'd be the last one I get invited to now, Neil. Yeah, well... Yeah, well probably, probably will yeah, be. You're it? fucking 100% right. Now. Yeah, I'm just using it as an example, yeah? The club is That's not ready. I want us to be ready. So we can look at the likes of Brentford. Yeah, well, we, yeah, well, in many respects, we are the same size as Brentford. They're they're crowds bigger than us, and Bournemouth. Yeah, I want. Well, what you need there, Neil, is is you is you need to go and get some gambling sponsorship, fucking gambling sponsorship, or some kind of North Korean fucking oil Iraqi based system, because that's how they've got there. Everyone cracked at these fucking clubs. Everyone's had investment. I mean, our investment is great per Millwall, but it's not it's not the same level as, as what we're talking about of Tony Bloom at Brighton when they were fucking skint and literally had a sponsor that looked like it said skint on the front. We, we've got a, a chocolate company that can't buy chocolate off that sometimes run a car in the Indy 500, and, and that's about it. And you know, there's, there's levels. That I, and we're never gonna we're never we're never gonna we're never gonna be a have. We will always be one of the have nots, unfortunately. That's just the way it is. We also don't promote to 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 enable us to be one of the haves, we'd have to do something radical, like, you know, maybe play one of our England under eighteen stars rather than playing a lone e player who has questionable life choices and dance choices and, yeah, well, and, and with choices. Well, that I do agree system. with, yeah. And, so, so it's not necessarily just an infrastructure thing. It's also a decision. It's also a decision that we make as a club by, by the, what we do with our playing staff. It, you know, do I think last season was a massive mischance? Yeah, of course it is. And do I think that that means that that chance will necessarily come come again? Not necessarily. So, you know, you can't you can't make excuses after the fact 
yeah, you're right, the transfer business could have been better. Oliver Burke, to me, was a panic signing. There was other panic signings, not improving in certain areas. But it's been it's been and gone now. What what I, what I can say is, can I see it changing under this current manager? No, he's got his plan of how he'll do, how he'll work the transfer system, how he'll, what kind of players he wants and, and what how he sees the squad developing. Do I agree with it? No. Do I have to go with it because I can't argue with the results that he's he, he's brought to the club? I suppose I can't really argue. I would like to see us improve, but then we all know that, you know, it's easy to say that after a fact of if we'd got rid of Gary Rowett or Gary Rowett had left and we'd be fighting in 18th position in the championship. So you've got to be a kind of a little bit realistic about it. I just find Millwall fans don't really like mediocrity. Millwall fans would arguably prefer to be fighting for their lives sort of 18th, 19th, then be 14th because there's there's no... There's no ter- there's no drama. The club thrives on drama and moments, and and, and you know to ever meet, just go. Oh, we're going to finish mid table. Just sounds very beige, very Charlton. We, we don't do that very well. Yeah, we well, just aim for mid table. Yeah, well, at the minute, I will. Yeah, well, I start every season thinking, I just want to finish mid table, and that's yeah. Well, that's the way that I look upon this season. The first month of the season. Is actually quite a tough start to the season. I think if we if if we go back to the original point, and you have a look at September, and it doesn't look any better, really, does it? As long as you go through the season, Neil, no, I it's mean a it's a cliche, but it's it's a difficult league. Yeah, it is that. Um, I mean, I was just looking at Kevin Nisbet um, and his his record in Scotland. And I was I was talking to Michael earlier on, Michael Avery, and I'll say the same thing I said to, to Michael. It's the easiest thing in the world is to make cheap points about Scottish football. Um, but equally, you know, if we're talking about signing players from uh, non-league or, uh, you know, lesser known areas and trying to find the diamond from in, in, in the dirt, so to speak, then Nisbet seems to me to be as good a punt as we could probably have taken because when you look at his scoring record, he's he's, he's found the back of the net a lot in Scottish football. Rafe is 29 goals from 34, 18 goals from 25 appearances for Dunfermline and then 31 uh, from 78 for, for Hibernian and an international goal with Scotland. Always easy to dig at Scottish football, but I don't know... Um, what if, if he's not content... If he's not the kind of player that we should be looking at, I don't know who, my who former, is because you know my former deputy sports editor on the Sunday Express is a Hibs fan, believe yeah. it or not. And uh we had this back and forth in January and then I'm yeah, then I sent him a yeah, then I sent him a copy of uh, Nisbet wearing the polo shirt. And, yeah, and yeah. he said to me, he said, That kid or that player has the potential to be worth 20 or 30 million quid in two or three years. I don't know if that's over... Yeah, if that's an over-exaggeration. Yeah. yeah. But we've yeah. spent 1.4 million on him, 1.2 million on him, depending on what yeah. you believe. It's the kind of player that we should be looking at because, yeah, but exactly the same with Ian Fleming. They're players that we can add value to and sell on. And that is what Brentford did. Bentham gave them the stable financial foundations, but then they mm. bought players on the cheap and they sold them on. The likes of Ollie Watkins was one. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And Tony, Ivan Tony, yeah. I think. Was, um, yeah. I mean, I know he gets a lot um, of shit, and I know he's, he's not the most loved the Millwall people, but Aldo's done a better job than what Arby Bustle did in his entire fucking time at the club in terms of recruitment. You can't knock that. So, I mean, is it is it as good as we'd all like it to be? Maybe not, but is it better than it was? Yes, it is. So, you've got to kind of trust them to a point. Every club makes signings that don't work out, you know, even the ones with, with hundreds of millions of pounds, you know. Look at the fucking look at the mistakes that PSG have made with their vast amount of money and not won the Champions League. So, you, you know, on a lesser scale, we're doing all we're doing all right. I, I, you know, how much it, Man I just, spend and they've only won the Champions League once. Yeah, well, that's beyond. Okay. Yeah, I suppose the way I'd turn around, linking that to that Champions Yeah, we've come from yeah. a standing start like always. Old oats come in, okay. He, 
Yeah, well, he, yeah, he's obviously not very well liked. I don't know why. Personally, I think he's all right. Whenever I've spoke to him, I spoke to him a fair few times. Uh, but we're getting more professional. It's a sign that we're moving in the right direction, that we're now looking to add value to players. It's quite simple for a club of our position, and we should have been doing it five years ago. But, but actually, now we're playing catch-up. The other thing I notice a lot, I mean, on, online you read all sorts of rumours, listeners, but there's some Dutch boys that have been mentioned. I don't know the strength of these rumours. A guy called George Cox, a Dutch guy, and another one, Van Hoydonk. I, I can't think of his first name now. But yeah, there's two Hoydonks. And they're left, yeah. they left back and right back, are they? And Hoydonks a striker, and there was actually a... Uh, I, think, uh, I think Cox is a left back or a right back. And 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 there is another, yeah, there is another one whose yeah, whose name I'm not even going to begin to pronounce. I mean, just uh, just right, to go back, a lot of, it got a lot of vowels. Just to go yeah, back to Harry's Z, point earlier on, use and fuck knows what else in it. H. Yeah, we're going to have to find a nickname for him, mate, if we sign him. But just to go back to Harry's point. I mean, I, I agree there are areas of the side where the, a, a lot of attention is needed in certain positions. I think in fairness to, to um, Alex Soldridge and Gary Rowett, that if, if these rumours are correct, then they're, they're certainly looking at those areas and there may be signings to come. We're only at the start of, of pre-season now. So I, I, I'm kind of um, I'm, I'm hopeful that um, the, the, the team that starts the, the campaign will at least have addressed some of these issues. I'm also going to be interested, Neil, to see how many, if any, of the under-21s that were so successful last season and look so good in the... In the um, their their, uh, their category final um, a few weeks ago. How many of those can break in and make a difference at the at first team level? Um, yeah, and one thing I have know. noticed is that Irish lad. Uh, he's gone away with the Republic of Ireland. Market, market, yeah, and doesn't yeah. he look a player? Doesn't well, he does. He had he had a, he missed a sitter in the final, and I think a lot of people wrote him off as a consequence. Oh, but fact, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Immediately, won't they? Jesus, he didn't come on and score at trick within thirty seconds of his debut, did he? He must yeah, be shit. Well, will you have a look <laughs> at the YouTube clips of him and uh, and the Twitter clips of, of of him playing for the Republic of Ireland under twenty ones? If oh, I think he looks the part. He looks a player. It, it, yeah. it looks to be a fantastic piece of business. So, I... I mean, for me... Sorry, I was just going to say, I don't think we need another striker. I know we've been linked to this other Dutch guy. We've got three strikers now when we normally play one. I don't think we necessarily need to go and spend... I mean, if we weren't a club with few resources, I'd go, yeah, four's great, you know, like Man United in the 90s. But you... you, you You've got you're taken away from other things. I mean, we haven't got a right unless you're going to play SA every game. We haven't got a right winger. Bury's apparently on his way out. Let's, let's touch on Bury. I was going to mention Bury because I'm, you know, it's, it, it Oxford, was, um... apparently Oxford apparently we've accepted a bid. I think he's been driven out the club by yeah by the Neanderthal minority that sit in the yeah. No, I've never said a, yeah. I've never said a word against him. Yeah, you go. I think, if you turn, I think if you turn around and call, I think if you turn around and call your own supporters wankers when you're playing down, regardless of whether it's right, wrong, or otherwise, I think you fucking probably deserve to get fucked off out of the club. If I'm being totally honest, if you do, if you call us wankers, then if he calls us wankers and then goes and bends one in a top corner and then calls me a wanker, fair play. But if you do it and then. Don't put any effort into track back. You can fuck off to Oxford. And yeah, but he's been, uh, yeah, but he's been counted off, and he's obviously going to react. He's from a fucking council estate. He's not from bloody. Yeah, he's not from such part of London, mate. Ew. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, but he's yeah, he's probably the type of player, or well, the type of person that if you abuse, he's going to turn around and give it to you back. If you give it to people, you've got to expect it back. I've given it to. Yeah, that, that's, fair. that's fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But you've got to fucking then back it up, and the cunt yeah, don't do it, it, so I don't care. Yeah, I don't think he's as good as SA. I don't think he's as good as Ollie Burke, even. So there you go, and I don't like Ollie Burke. Fuck me, I've just given Ollie Burke backhanded compliments. <laughs> but he's not... We cannot carry players that don't want to be there. He's similar to Marlon Romeo. Is Marlon Romeo a better right-back than Danny no. McNamara? I think it's questionable. 
because Danny McNamara didn't play well for six months last season. But, again, Romeo decided, whatever reason, I don't know, decided that he didn't want to play for the club anymore and decided to go, so he went. That, you know, you can't have players at a club that don't want to be at a club. So, Beery don't want to be here anymore, whether he's been handed out or wherever, then he's got to go. But he wasn't given a chance, yeah, for whatever reason, and I've got my theories as to why he wasn't given a chance by certain sections of the support, and I think it's blindingly obvious if you read between the lines, yeah? It's so frustrating because there is a player in there and just like I, 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 yeah, just I like do believe Eze, we're losing the talent. Yeah, we're we're like Eze, the Palace player, I really hope it doesn't come back to fucking biters in the arse. And I hope that if we've accepted a bid for him, that we've got a substantial sell-on clause in it. We 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 have a record at Millwall of chewing up certain players who then go on to better things elsewhere. And I suppose the um, you know a good example was um, yeah, Lewis Graben. The Graben, yeah, um, probably the most recent prime example. I mean, Fred is now playing uh, in the Premier League, so he can have the last laugh in some ways, can't he? I mean, play, playing is a very yes. loose word. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that would be, yeah, well, that would be stretching it. He is at a club in the Premier League. I know if I was in Fred Onyedimba's shoes, um, I would be having the last laugh <laughs> to where I am. Well, I don't think with I don't the people think... that tools with me are. Uh, Nick, you know. Nick, let's. Let's have that conversation when the squads for Premier League teams are announced. Maybe, I don't maybe. think you'll be, be finding him in your FPL fucking oh, fancy football league. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. Season. I mean, it may be they strengthen their side. Maybe he's moved out. I don't know. But anyway, he's, he's part of a team that got there when others weren't. Um, but we do have a bit of a track record of, of, of um, certain types of players, and they tend to be fairly... Um, uh, attacking players that come and go, you know, um, I think back to James... Flair players. Flair players. I'm, I'm thinking back to James Henry. I'm going back, what, 10 plus 12 years now. It was a player who'd have one good game every four games-ish. Three or four. But could deliver a cross and was a, was a flair player in a true sense. He came and he went. And you, uh, Kine back in the day, you know, they, they had good games and then they had little um, fallow spells. And I think Bury is is of that kind of of, of uh, style, but he's drawn, the, he's drawn the ire of the crowd and unfortunately he's reacted to it and... I don't see our way back. The rights and wrongs of what was said to, on in both directions. I wasn't. I, they train on the warm up on the other side of the pitch from where I sit. So I can't tell you, listeners. But if he's saying wanker the people, then I don't know. It wasn't before the game. It was during the game on that last game. It was during that last game. Whatever happened before that, that the incident I saw was he was bawled out for not tracking back at three three. He was bawled out for not tracking back. And he fucking gave it the big into the crowd. Now, I don't know what happened before. I, I am not going to try and pretend like I do. But in that instance, the turnaround and call was wankers at 3-3 on the last day of the season chasing the Premier League and then proceed to do fuck all for the next 20 minutes. It's probably not the way to endear yourself to the crowd or get them back on side would be my, would be my you know, my take. Let me tell yeah. listeners a story going back to when I first started going Millwall in the 1972. So we're going back to 73, 74-ish. Neil will know this name, player called Steve Brown, used to play as a winger back in the all-white kit days. So we're going back to the very early 70s. I was young. I was about 12, 13. I used to sit in the orange seats at the front of the um, the seats at Coldblow Lane. And a bloke next to me, if you cut the seats along, was was calling Brown every name under the sun, told him to fuck off, fuck off out of our club, Brown. I don't know, he probably wasn't performing to a level that um, this guy uh, felt was appropriate for a middle player. And he was digging him out. And the, the cold blow lane, words carried quite quite far. Um, he, so Brown turned around and told him to fuck off back. And he did, he's not this bloke next to me. I remember thinking to myself, you've just told that player to fuck off out of our club. And then he's turned around and reacted to you and told you to fuck off. And the bloke was doing his nut. He got on his got on his high horse. So some would put it, he was clutching his pearls and calling for the vicar. But it seemed to be a bit of a one-way street, even at that young age, that you the fans can call the players' names, but the players mustn't call the fans' names back. Um so that's a. I don't know if that illustrates anything for listeners, but it's always been so. Um, I remember Eamon Dunphy getting slaughtered 
by a big fat guy behind the uh, the cold blow lane end. It's there's nothing new in it. Um, I'm not sure it's the most productive. It's Millwall, but it's not the most productive thing in the world. Let's leave it there. No, no you're right. <laughs> That's also part of the reason why going up to the Premier League would be a disaster. Is the sheer number of strings that we attack. Yeah, oh, that seems to no, no. What we do is the bloody club. Yeah, for these big things. I've come yeah. up. I've... Yeah, why don't you get behind the player instead of slaughtering him every five seconds? I've come. I've come up with a. I've come up with a way how we can deal with the string effect. Good. I've come up with a way. This, you know, this idea that if we went up, we'd fill in one of the corners. This, this idea, this fabled idea. <laughs> Well, all we do is just pull that string corner. String section. So we just put all the strings in. <laughs> they can stick together, and they're just sort of. They can be used as sort of like a, a like a like a barricade you between your way in. Self-identify as a string. Like you got kids identifying a scientific <laughs> social experiment corner, couldn't it? You know, Basically, if you've ever if you've ever willingly bought a ticket to Coach One to travel, you get put in string I corner. Actually, I have actually travelled on Coach One, but that's. I have. I was I was fifteen, and we went to Everton away in the cup replay, and Kale scored. Oh, I did that. One. I did that on the coach. I, I, I didn't fancy the midweek drive. Yeah, no, well, I can assure you. I can assure you that I have never been on a coach. No, that's the only one I've ever done, Harry. And that is the only one that I would ever do at 15. I knew that this was a place that God had never seen <laughs> and would never see. Let's talk about the pre-season schedule, the, 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 the pre-season friendlies, which I will not be going to, listeners, any of them. Um, but we're due to play... I'll go to one. Uh, are you going to go to that one, H? The Gillingham? I will go to, I will go to Gillingham and the Fortuna Stittard one. Gillingham, Sutton United, Charlton... Uh, and Fortuna Sittard are the pre-season friendlies. Um, we're also uh, heading out to Spain, I read, on um, on the London News Online, Edmund Breck, uh, for a week-long training camp in the Mediterranean heat. Um, big hoo-ha, Neil, on, on, online about the lack of glittering foreign friendlies for us to uh, travel over. It's, a, it's like the first cuckoo of spring in the Times. It's, it's the first, first moan about there being no foreign friendlies for Millwall fans to travel to. Um, I, I, I don't think it's surprising that they don't want to arrange a, a friendly abroad, but um, people seem to be endlessly outraged by it, mate. How do you see it? I see that I go back to my previous answer. There are too many strings that attach themselves. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it's going to be more hassle than it's worth. Okay, I've been to Ireland, I think, three times with the club and they were fantastic they were fantastic yeah. two or three games that you went over there it was really only the hardcore and some local Millwall fans that went to it uh, the players had come over you chat to players pictures yeah. that kind of thing and it was a fantastic it, it was a fantastic time apart from when I stood up at Bray's ground and started singing God Save the Queen and uh, it seemed to <laughs> it seemed to absolutely enrage the locals. I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> but, but apart from that, no, it yeah, but it's good. But but the way that you've got to understand now is is if you want one of these big foreign teams to come over to you, it costs a lot of money. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Like everything in football, you have match agents, and these teams have agents, and they'll demand astronomical sums of money. Now then, and I think at Millwall, it just wouldn't pay to get big teams over. Yeah, not to the den. Locker Juniors versus Millwall as a great uh, at the den as a very good ring to it. I mean, if you're talking about a way support, that be. That'd be quite good. I don't know why we have to go European. I mean, yeah, all these, all these things there. Yeah, well, it's the other thing, the metropolitan place. Do they want us to have a decent game? The German side, yeah. yeah. But isn't this about... Fucking hell, that would go with Isn't this about, isn't about, isn't this about the front page the sun, country shame as we've seen ten, ten German bombers for fucking... Yeah, this, I, I read this would be more about the uh, the desire by some, not not I, I, I wouldn't do it, but anyways, for, by some, to go to like an Italian um, away game, you know, yeah, or... Look, uh, what happens when the vermin go and play in Europe? Well, this is, yeah? <laughs> this is what and, happen, Yeah, but our reputation... <laughs> 
is arguably 10 times more than them. 10 times theirs. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's going to be a magnet. I'd rather some of them go because it's just going to be a magnet that- to drug, you able to drag the club through the shit for three weeks. Can you imagine like, who would turn up? Someone was saying, um, why can't we play Fortuna Sittard? In, uh, I take it it's Sittard in town. Um, well, it's because probably the number of other people that would come in on, on that particular friendly fixture. Yeah. And, and well, I mean, just excuse, look at you know. well, just look what happened to West Ham when they went to fucking... Just look what happened to West Ham when they went and played... What that side did they play? Fucking, I can't oh, remember. Um, they, they went, Heronvin, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Well, aren't, well, I've never fucking heard of before, to be honest, through cards on the table before they played West Ham. They turned it into some kind of, you know, fucking... They ended up with that fat fucking bloke, Nolsey, yeah. yeah. given a fucking pearly crown of fucking jelly deal fucking East London cunt. But, you know, that, fair play. You know? But but that ended up being a thing. All I could, all I could think during that entire um, entire sort of carry-on is that if Millwall had done that and somehow, you know, remember back in 2004, if we'd have managed to, to get into our version of that and we'd have, we'd have had someone break down a fence and charge at us, and we'd have had, I don't know, someone in the front front rank fucking panding people off. It wouldn't have been sp- stole by the media like that because there was no, there's absolutely no, there's no credence in that. It would have been Millwall hooligan shame straight away despite the fact being clear on telly to see. Yeah, but um, that's, that's, that, again, that's probably why we can't... Yeah, but that is it in a nutshell, yeah? We would be a magnet... And it would be a headache. It would be a massive headache. And the club would be dragged through the mire again. Then everybody would be moaning at the media. So why put yourself in that position? It was like uh, the taking of the knee. They should have, yeah, they should have seen that coming. Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah, but for once, we've not. Yeah, we've actually had the common sense not to put ourselves in that position, and I think it's the right. I, I think it's the right thing to do. It's interesting. On the top. I've still got that picture on my phone of of Steve Cavanaugh with his fingers crossed. I think it's. I think that's basically a, an app sort of screenshot of the club. But just <laughs> always, to, whenever there's a big moment, fingers crossed. Going back to the fixture list earlier, it's the same point I want to make here, boys. Um, I mean, some of the big fixtures of the season are played being played as midweek games. Leicester away, Leicester at home. Um, I think Ipswich away and Ipswich at home. Both midweek fixtures. Yep. Um, I know the Leeds game is a oh. Saturday, but I can't see that staying as a three o'clock. That would probably be moved forward a little bit, one o'clock or something. Um, I think they've tried for for rightly or wrongly, and you can uh, you know everyone's going to have their own viewpoint on this, but I think the club are trying to do their best to um, to take some of the sting out of the season in the sense of high-profile fixtures being played at high-profile times. So I can see, um, you know, Leicester City at home in April, uh, Tuesday night game. Um, and I think the Plymouth away is is a, is a midweek game, Neil, I think, as well. I was looking, yeah, looking thank at that God one. for that. Yeah, but it's only a taxi there for a moment. I couldn't care less <laughs> when it is. <laughs> no, but, I mean, yeah, Tuesday night. Again, we have October our... October the 3rd. Again, we have our fucking... Not, I'm, I'm not going to do it to myself this year. I am not going to fucking Norwich to see us inevitably fucking lose. Three things in life are certain. Death, taxes, and Millwall will lose away at Carrow Road. Yeah. It's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, the only thing is, though, H, yeah, when we do win there, like I went up to the Birmingham game in the middle of bloody winter where we ended a 30-year streak of not winning and we won. You, you you want to be there for it because you can't be guaranteed it won't happen again in your lifetime. No, Neil, Harry, I've reached the end of my agenda. I think we've we've gone off piece somewhat, um, but we've amazingly got an hour out of a conversation that I thought might last ten minutes at the most. So um, I want to say, yeah, we've probably managed to offend everybody. We've managed to offend every minority that, um, <laughs> that you can think of. I want to say thank you to to Neil. Big thanks, and of course, to see you again, mate. Yep, superb, mate. Hopefully, we'll get some history done at some point. Yeah, as the season goes along. Um, Harry's, I think, on a on a work call at the moment. So, I'm gonna say thank you to Harry. He's on mute at the moment. Um, thank you to you two, dear listeners, for joining us on 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 today's show. Um, we'll be back at some point. I probably will be prior to the start of the season. 
for a pre-season preview. Uh, hopefully we have a few signings to talk about by then. But until the next edition of Acton Mill, it's Arriva Dershi Millwall and bye for now. Acton Millwall. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider træt af alle de der podcast og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel.